I was a bouncing and a laughing as we rolled down an old dirt road. Daddy looking in his rear view, hoping that we'd just hang on. Well, I can't recall a time when I ever had so much fun. What's up, guys? This is episode number 48 of the Always Race Day podcast, not broadcast. Uh, presented by Guest. It's pretty close, yeah. Presented by Carl Auto Group. If you guys need a brand new truck and you want it to look like the ones that rip around Knoxville Raceway once a year, uh, sometimes in June, sometimes not. This year it is in June, it's June 18th. It's gonna be sick. We're gonna head down there. Gonna be a fun, fun truck race on dirt at the best damn dirt track in the world. If you guys wanna have a uh, Silverado like that, Carl Auto Group has one. They have a few, actually. Probably more than one, I would hope. I would have more than one, but I think they do. I think they got more than more than two, even. Possibly three. So head down to Carl Auto Group. Maybe count the Silverados so that we can have a better ad read next time. Here's and the thing. Here's the thing. They might be running out though. You got to get there quick. Right. So if they don't have more than one, you know why? It's because everyone's listening to the Always Race Day podcast. So go to Carl Auto Group. Uh, what did we say last time, Damon? Walk in the door and make the biggest public disturbance you could. One hundred percent. Walk in the door and yell, "You're here because of Always Race Day." <laughs> We appreciate them uh, partnering with us and sponsoring everything uh, that we kind of do here uh, at Always Race Day. And when I say that there is a lot to talk about from this weekend, I think there's a ton. But let's start off uh, with your weekend, Damon. How, how are you doing? As I'm going to go turn this air conditioner off. Yeah, it was a uh, it was a good weekend. Uh, went home for some graduations. Uh, had to go home and and cook for a graduation. Um, what do you make? Uh, we did uh, barbecue chicken, smoked chicken on the on the big smoker. We got did some Ooh. baked beans. Um, had some cheesy corn, potato salad. It was a lot of fun. I'll tell you what, the two off the bat, two foods I don't like. Chicken, chicken that isn't fried, and uh, baked beans. Can't do either of them. I will, I will turn you on both of those. Isn't that weird? You've seen me eat a plethora of foods. Give me, give me a chance, and I will turn you on both of those. I please on on the chicken. Absolutely, I want, I want someone to show me how to cook some chicken. That what I, what I like need to look for because I love fried chicken. It's great. Yeah. I don't, I don't understand my needs. I will turn you on on chicken. I'll turn you on any sort of food with our smoker, but yeah, I'll turn you on chicken. So uh, beans, I could do the baked beans too, but I just don't like, I like green beans. I love green beans. I, I just don't like brown beans. Baked beans, whatever you want to call it. Baked beans. You, you would get the baked beans too. I think it's the color. If you could put some dye in there, make them green. You'd trick my childhood mind. We'll see what we could possibly do there. No promises, but uh, how was hockey? Well, so I'm finally uh, back showing this apartment. I uh, still have a lot to unpack. So if you play like uh, competitive hockey over the weekend and then uh, you drive all the way home and then you watch an all-star race that kind of sucked, uh, I shouldn't even put throw the kind in there. Pretend I didn't say that, uh, but it stinks. Uh, I got a lot to unpack, but I'll be here for the next week and a half uh, until we leave for uh, until I leave for our uh, next trip for Always Raced, and we'll uh, talk about that later on. But uh, yeah, I got kicked out of the first game, uh, and we finished fifth uh, nationally, I guess. 
See, those are the stories that the people want to hear. They want to hear Connor getting kicked out of, of games, not, well, I fought this guy and I scored three goals in this one. No one cares about that crap. It's how many games you got kicked out of. Yeah, just one. Uh, I had three goals, like four assists or something in three games. It's cool. Lost at 8 o'clock in the morning Sunday. Did you make the ejection worth it? I didn't like. I didn't like really get formally ejected. I actually sat in the penalty box. He goes, "You're out of the game," and I was gonna go to the locker room, and then he's like, "No, you have to go to the box." And I'm like, "What? What are you smoking? Like, are you stupid?" Were you and, to sit in the box? Yeah, there's like, a, there's like a. Uh, I don't know. They're worried that the two people who would get kicked out, and it would have been, a th it was a third from our team because the same dude that chipped my tooth was going after a goalie. Uh, so I tried to separate him and just uh, stuck my glove in his face. Uh, that was fun. I don't wash my gloves, so that's on purpose. But I hope he uh, liked the smell. Um, there, there really that player do that? Uh, I think some do. I don't know. Really, just depends on who you're living with and if they want to smell them or not. But uh, every every hockey player that I knew, they hardly ever washed their gloves. Nah, uh, I think they're worried that like you walk down in the tunnel and then get in a fight with them because like you can see the other team's like locker room. Obviously, it's not like the NHL where you're separated. I feel that would be a lot more fun though. No kidding. I mean, the dude was still talking after the game, and I'm just like, what do you have to, like, say? Like, he just went after a goalie and had three grown men, like, go defend their goalie at you, and you're still, like, whining like a girl. I, I shouldn't even say like a girl. That was insensitive of me. I didn't want to say bitch, so I said girl instead. And this is what happens when I try to avoid cussing, Damon. I throw myself into situations like this. You can just, you know, you can censor yourself by saying B-word. <laughs> that can mean a plethora of things. That can mean a lot of things. Female dog. No, because wasn't the main character of that dog movie a girl? A female, There's I guess. Been a lot of dog movies in my time. It's the one where they slurp the spaghetti. The lady and the tramp? That's the one. Well, she seemed like a lovely character. I don't want to call that guy that. He's the opposite. Well, there was also an, a guy dog in, as a main character in that movie. Okay, but yeah, same thing. I mean, like, I don't know. I would have called this guy like the guy from the Goonies, except like, I don't know that guy's name. I forget. It wasn't Goonies, was it? No, it was the big ogre looking dude. Hmm. Sloth? It's been a long time since I think it's sloth. Dude, we should be a pop culture podcast at the start of these. I don't think either of us know anything. I it's been a long time since I've seen the Goonies. It would turn out really yeah, funny if we started doing stuff like that because I would pull out just a movie that I like love and it's like a five percent chance of hitting. And the rest of the time you'd just be dunking on all of my like minimal movie knowledge. Yeah, on the on the movies that you you've not watched yet, or you think you've watched. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Where does Phantom Racer rank in your top ten? Um, eleven. Oh, okay, that's that's probably the highest that anyone besides me has given that movie. 
It's because I've only seen ten movies. <laughs> That's fair. It's the next. It's the next one up. You're just confirming it. So we'll have that uh, review up as a bonus episode find... later this summer. See, I gotta find the uh, the illegal stream of it first. Oh, they're super easy to find. I'll text you the. Oh, okay. Really? I mean, like insanely easy to find. <laughs> Not saying you're wrong. I've watched the last five Friday the Thirteenth movies with uh, I won't say, I won't say his name on here. I was gonna say uh, it's uh, good. I don't think you I don't think you like it. But it uh, no, uh, so we've watched like the last five, uh, the first five Friday and the Friday the Thirteenth movies. The fifth one, and all of these on illegal streams, by the way, uh, completely legal to my knowledge, allegedly. That you know. Does that does that cover me? I'll have to, I'll have to text Steph before I edit this podcast. Yes, actually. So actually, that's how I always would communicate with officials when I was coaching basketball. You know, they have the coaches' meetings prior to the games and stuff, and they're like, "Are all your players properly equipped?" And I would say, to the best of my knowledge, whether they were or not, I don't know. It's not my problem. Dude, I saw I, people are going to think I'm just complaining about a ref, but one of the worst damn referees I've ever seen in my life. It's one thing to stand there and like barely watch it. And then when I ask you like, what do you call if you just like stare at me in silence and like you won't say it? It's like, what are you trying to do, man? Oh, that's when they know they screwed up. Yeah, well, no, I mean, I'm just, I asked them three times. I was like, so it's a mystery penalty, I guess. Cool. Yeah. I love Scooby-Doo. I'll figure this shit out. When you ask, when you ask, it's, and they don't give you an answer, it's because they know they messed up. Yeah. Uh, no, if you're a ref out there, please just explain your bad call. Even like your, your side of things, like just explain it. That's what a good ref does. They explain their calls. That helps a lot of the game go a lot more swimmingly, believe it or not. But that guy, oh, man. And I wish it was okay to fight refs. That's bullshit. That is assault if you fight them. Yeah. Anyways, the Friday this is a tough this is a tough conversation considering the shortage of officials we're having right now. I don't I don't care. You be a good ref. We need more good refs out there. We need more refs, period. But oh no no no. I don't want the bad ones there. I would you know officiate the game yourself, you're probably better off sometimes. Hey, there's four baseball games in the people same are, People are going to be very, like, disagreement of that. I'm kind of speaking tongue-in-cheek. You became the most hated podcaster on this show. Oh, it's fine. I have seen a, a lot of times where if the ref is just sitting there and does not care about the game, that's a bigger problem than if you were refing a pickup game yourself. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like if you get a bad enough ref who's either purposefully ignorant or purposely combative. I'm really not saying words correctly. Purposefully. I'm not saying that there aren't bad refs. There are definitely bad referees out there. I'll tell you I'll tell you some more after the pod. Maybe we'll uh I'll have to expand on that, I guess, at some point. <laughs> This, I mean, the dude just did not pay attention. I got tackled, did not get a call. Uh, one kid got like hit in the arm and he called a high stick on the other team. And I'm like, what, what the hell is this guy looking at? It was, I mean, like the rules applied one minute and the next they didn't. Yeah. And that was even like, we got the power play out of it. Like I was, I'm not like arguing like the result or anything. I don't give two 
you know what it's about i got home in time to watch the uh all-star race in the fifth friday the 13th movie oh yeah the fifth one's my favorite um the ones where the girl uh is like she just knocked out the jason wait a second for the rest of us i don't know which movie i'm talking about so I'm just saying, if the killer is sitting there uh, unconscious and there's a weapon next to him, I would cut off his head. That's just me. It's not a bad idea. It's not really a spoiler either. Context. What do you mean context? I can't give you context. That makes it a spoiler. It depends on if you... Oh, you said depends on the content. Okay, I see, I see. Yeah. Yeah, no, that, the fifth one was my favorite so far because all the killings kind of like... It was like, okay, yeah, if I was washing dishes and so-and-so went to the bathroom and then didn't come back, I wouldn't... You know, I'd start going looking for him and then i turn the corner and get hit, right? Like... Get slashed. Yeah, it was like more. Uh, it was more practical. I thought that's what I hate about horror movies. Is it's like you just walked by like seventeen chainsaws and you didn't think like maybe pick one up. Yeah, well, we've we've known that American horror movies aren't the smartest storylines. They're all the same. You're They're all the right. same. We covered a lot in that opening segment. I'm sure, dude. I hope. Please, please tweet me if you uh, did not enjoy any of my comments there. If they didn't enjoy that, that's their own fault. You know, that's what was that Kyle Busch uh, interview that he did at Chicagoland after him and and Kyle Larson had that outstanding race a few years ago. If you didn't enjoy that, don't watch or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's basically what that was. If you didn't enjoy that, don't watch. All right, well, let's get into uh, obviously the thing on everyone's minds, the thing we're going to talk about the most. There was a lot of racing this weekend, so uh, we're going to hit on all of it, but we always kind of start off with what everyone else is talking about, and I think uh, we need to shine some light on Tom Mintz uh, being one of the greatest drivers of all time, 14-time World Finals Monster Jam champion this weekend after winning the freestyle competition. I love the guy, man. That's uh, It's electric. He's not the smoothest on camera, uh, but he's a nut and uh much like a lot of the monster jam drivers fantastic uh fantastic uh personality and uh even better talent i was gonna say there wasn't a lot of other racing that went on this weekend according to what i saw on social medias other than your monster jam oh you should do sunday was so sunday f1 got over and i tweeted uh I tweeted out the asphalt or the pavement races for the day, which was IndyCar and NASCAR stuff. And then I threw in at the end, I was like, Houston's races today, by the way. And so I'm going to go check the schedule and send a second tweet. I got like three or four people like, oh, you sack races today. All-stars, circuit champions races today. Every, this guy's, these guys are going, SLMR's going. And I'm like, guys, guys, relax. I was going to get a second tweet up, but also like, you I could get 240 characters on, on Twitter. No, no kidding. I could tweet a 27 race schedule and someone would say, and none of these equate to the random modified race I'm talking about. Those were all national tours or SLMR. SLMR is that regional tour. Uh, we covered a lot in the last podcast uh, that goes through Iowa quite a bit. Uh, but you could tweet 27 out and you'd get a comment like i'm going to the modified race at alaska county fair tonight are you not going to talk about it 
I was going to say, you forgot the weekly race up at uh, up at Turn County Speedway. Right. All right. So, uh, my, my quick thing on Monster Jam. They need to live stream the World Finals. The broadcast they do is fantastic. I have all of them on DVDs. It's very easy to make the broadcast look good. Um, stream it on YouTube. Stream it anywhere, man. Give me a pay-per-view for 30 bucks. I'll pay 30 for it. I think any casual fan could be marketed into paying 30 for it, but you have to really promote it and, you know, run it out there to the fans. You owe it to the fans. World finals next year are going to be in Nashville. You want to go? Mm, maybe. Jeez. All right. Tough, tough crowd. Uh, well, they need to get that. They need to get that damn shit on, uh, on streaming. We're talking about the second most uh, fixed racing sport in the world right now. What's first, F1? No, I was going to say what you're probably going to talk about next, but... You're going to call NASCAR that? <laughs> at, their, at their one least... exhibition race a year? Let's do it. Let's, let's break down the All-Star race. I After think in the least uh, in the least or in the last 24 hours. Yeah. Yeah, I would say so. I think someone's got to be out there pressing through the buttons like, man, we're 15 minutes in. We haven't mentioned the all-star race. Uh, all right. So Ryan Blaney wins. Um, what do you want to touch on first? Texas sucks. Do you want to, I yeah, I guess I guess let's run down the list. Let's run down the list. And you, you pick you pick what we talk about first. Okay. The fact that the whole race sucked complete. That was the worst race of the next gen era by far, far and away. Absolutely terrible. That was the worst race, period. Like, I've seen a what lot of bad races. The Bristol, I've seen a dude, lot of bad races. Dude, the Bristol All Star race was just as bad. I don't care. This race sucked. I'm talking specifically on track product, not factoring in penalty, not. You know, no, this, this race was by far and large, probably the worst race. I So we've, we've had three straight all-star races that stunk. Uh, yeah. At Larson won the last two. Did you know that? Yeah, apparently he won the last two. I didn't realize he he did that. Or I guess, yeah, because they didn't have one in 2020. Yeah. Yeah, they did. They, they did? Bristol. Yes, that was one chase one. He's won two out of the last three. Thank you. That's what I meant. I'm sorry. I got my years messed up there for a hot minute. It was, it was mentioned on the broadcast at some point by somebody that Larson won the last two, but that was wrong. So, all right. So... Do you want to talk Texas first or the Fox broadcast sucking? I think I felt more strongly about that than you. Yeah, because I tried to climb you off the bridge a little bit. There's only yeah. so much you can do. No, sorry, sorry guys for uh, taking you through taking you through 17 Infineons and uh, throwing a Watkins Glen, I guess, in the turns we've taken on the podcast. But uh, the Fox broadcast was awful. It was god-awful. Four times at least uh, – they're just filling air and mike joyce had some like random stuff and love mike very professional guy i 
wish he would throw out more stats that are meaningful because if you can look up that if you know enough to know that ryan blaney has led the most laps of anyone in an all-star race that hasn't yet won an all-star race at the time then you can look up better stats that could tell fans stuff so please like figure that out i guess um and that was like the least of their worries kyle larson wrecked they came back from commercial showed the replay once and then talked to an nfl player i have no idea who he is and apparently he made an iconic play against the vikings so backing up just a little bit first of all what else do you want them to talk about they used up all their good stats early on and three of the storylines were wrecked within the first stage and a half so there's not much else that you can talk about at that point. Secondly, the fact that the race was a complete garbage disaster. At that no, it was, point. but their, their broadcast was just, and it's not necessarily the sportscaster's fault. Like the broadcast all over the place was awful. And then to the Larson deal, there's not much else that they could really say at that point because he hadn't been released from the care center other than his tire blew. And they did that. And so none, there's not much else that they can say at that point. I mean, they can react a little bit like that. It matters more. They did. They I, did. Don't, I didn't think they did at all. They, they talked about it for like 15 they seconds. They're like, oh, wow, Kyle Larson's out. Because what, what else are you supposed to say? His tire blew. We don't know. Oh, man, the defending champions out of the race. The defending NASCAR All-Star Race champion, the defending series champion out of the race this early. Man, this is crazy. And you talk about teams continue to push the envelope on these tire issues, especially in an exhibition this weekend. I was not surprised that we saw tire issues on Sunday. You did that in all of 45 seconds. Right. I could talk more about it. I'm not going to do a NASCAR broadcast when I don't have it on the TV. So it there as a former broadcaster, current and former, that is a very difficult thing to talk about when there is no context behind it. You can't really just okay. say All right, hold on. Let's hang on. No, 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 right, no, no, right, no, right. no, 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 no. Shut up and let me talk for once. All right. You cannot just go on there and say, make up accusations about what happened, what we could have possibly done. Maybe it wasn't a tire at the time. You don't know because you hit the wall so damn hard. Who knows what happened? But all you can say at that point is what you physically see. And they did all of those things. So what else are you supposed to do until you can actually talk to the driver who's still in the infield care center? Show the replay two, maybe three times. Send an infield pit reporter down there. Have her talk to the crew chief, who's definitely not doing anything at the moment. You yeah, know, there's, there's guiding the car back to the garage. Clint was who, who's moving the car. The tow driver was a dipshit. He took. <laughs> That's a fair excuse. I think I'm on your side now. You get that one. But no, uh, they actually. I was still on the. I was still on the radio at that time, and they took the car clear to the backside of the track. And Cliff's like, "Yeah, you got to guide him back, Tyler." The damn spotter had to bring him all the way back because the tow truck driver didn't know Texas very well. Yeah, he missed the he missed the turn too. Unbelievable, times. unbelievable, man. Um, no, it, okay. So, what? One, two, one hundred and twenty-five lap race. How are you going side by side during the freaking caution? 
Yeah, that was a bad timing for the commercial. I did it in the first stage too. I was surprised it didn't get hit there. Yeah. My my whole deal is if they would go back to the way the all-star race used to be when they had the three separate segments and the 10 minute breaks in between each segment, they would have plenty of time to get commercial breaks done during that time. So the on track action could actually still be on track action. All right. Well, we gotta, we gotta keep going down the list because I'm about to throw out like random all-star race formats, the amount of stuff I've prepared you could have them do a demolition derby between the second to last and the last stage maybe a dirt jump in the infield a joker lane of sorts damon's i don't want to i don't want to hear you ever say that inverts are gimmicks again why because you literally just labeled two completely stupid gimmicks. In, in a gimmick race, it's it's an exhibition race. They tried BS that doesn't necessarily improve their racing product. Like, what did they do you remember? Do you remember ten years ago when they were just saying like, okay, if there's a caution uh, late in the race, we're gonna have a green white checkered finish. Yeah, now it's a staple of the sport. Right. But they try stuff, and sometimes they just do stuff to like so make it more exciting. It's it's spe it's specifically a race designed for gimmicks. So you're saying a dirt jump is going to be added into the races from here on out? No, I said I would like to see that in the All Star race. Yeah, but you also went and said that green white checkers were a gimmick at one point, and now they're a staple in the season. It's a rule, right? Because I'm saying they try things. Some of them gimmicks, some of them not. So now you want a dirt jump added into every race. I didn't say that. Because and NASCAR does, NASCAR does have gimmicks. Every racing series in America has gimmicks. Mm -hmm. To the extent that people use it as a definition, they have gimmicks. Yeah. I could argue it both ways. But yeah, I would like to see them throw a dirt jump in there or something, like something stupid. Just to screw with... Drivers fan, not, I mean, not screw with the fans, right? But like, see, that's the problem. If the race is going to suck that much and you insist on having it at Texas, like, can I like go on the PS2 and say that like the fantasy Texas road course, can we turn it into a roval? Why does everybody want to turn things into rovals now? Te Are you kidding me? I don't want Texas at all. Turn Texas into a short track. Don't turn it into a roval. I like Texas. I like Texas for IndyCar. If I I tweeted last night, I said if you're going to turn Texas into anything, I better have one half uh, short track, one half dirt track. Thirty have a dirt track. I know, but this one would be way bigger, better, and already built. They already have a dirt track that's already built, so that defeats that statement. What kind of shape is the are the stands in there? Because I haven't Pretty watched it in like six, seven months. Pretty good, actually. Okay, so all right, all right, I'm off the dirt track at Texas thing then, because um, they. I do think I know. I, I knew they, I knew already that they have that dirt track. I just have not watched it since last November. So, I do think that they could do this. The California game plan at texas and it would be successful what's that oh oh okay i got i got what you're saying we still don't know if they're gonna we still don't know if they're gonna do that do we 
I don't know if they are or not. I, I'm going to guess not after what we saw this year. I want to see him do it still, dude. That's going to be, that's going to look so cool. Like arena. I love like, obviously I grew up watching arena football and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I would like to see that. You're right. But I, okay. But also like, I want it big enough that IndyCar can race there. It will be. Okay. All right. All right. All right. You got me. You got me hooked then. Let's, let's keep running through these. Um, so on the Teardown podcast, Jeff Glock and uh, Jordan Bianchi, Jordan Bianchi uh, from The Athletic, they mentioned, uh, Jeff did specifically, that a couple of fans had tweeted him that they were advertising for the 2023 All-Star Race at Texas over the PA system at the track. They can walk that back. They can refund stuff, but it certainly seems like that's the plan. And when I tell you, like the worst damn race on the schedule it's probably was not as bad as the 550 races but man i don't know man those what do you mean even even the restarts suck. Damon, this is not, we should never we should never start with something we disagree about so much on the podcast uh to start off with you're pissing me off tonight we're gonna have a fight that's my job yeah i i I am the referee in this situation i have the power to kick you out and explain and you're a shitty official i won't i won't explain anything and i'll be my shitty official go ahead if if that is true that they are going back to texas they've got a lot of problems to figure out but as we were saying about the 550 deal comparative to last night's fiasco at least restarts with the 550 package were somewhat good last night's restarts go back and watch all the restarts and tell me which restart was still side by side entering one and two oh you're completely right i think uh pit stop challenge kind of or qualifying what you will I uh, kind of showcase that as well, right? Mm-hmm. I still wish they'd go back to the old pit stop uh, qualifying deal where they would go out, run a lap at full speed, come down pit road, haul an ass, and then everybody blew through their pit box. That was cool. I think, you, I, think uh, I mean, obviously it's not our money to spend, so we shouldn't care what they're spending it on, right? No, we kind that of was, we we talked about that a little bit. It was February during the clash. Um, you got to rent out a basketball arena to do it. You got to have it available in Greensboro or whatever city there, Charlotte, what they did it in. Um, I would like to see it. It's cool stuff. I hope they do that sometime again. I don't know. Um, but Marcus Smith uh, did appear on SiriusXM today. <laughs> Uh, so the comments that I want to read it verbatim from what Jeff wrote, because there were a couple of things and you know, I'm a Marcus Smith guy. Yeah. Well, Marcus Smith's got a lot of problems on his hands right now. We have a lot in common, especially, especially after the comments that he made on Sirius XM. So Marcus Smith says, uh, there's just some people out there who like to complain more often than anything. If you talk to the fans who were there, they had a great time. Uh, that was the big quote that uh, sparked the internet today. Uh, Smith also on Sirius said, quote, 
when we had it in Charlotte, we had some detractors who would always say, why is it in Charlotte? We move it and people say, let's put it back in Charlotte. I found nobody likes change. Nobody likes anything to stay the same. You can't make everybody happy. Um, he also did say, uh, and I want to include this. I listened to the clip. Uh, and that's all on Jeff Gluck's Twitter. I'll retweet it uh, on Tuesday morning for y'all. Like, I try to do. I think I missed a couple of those that I promised I was going to retweet. But, uh, yeah. Um, he also did say, like, sorry to the fans that didn't enjoy it. And we're always going to work to make things better. And that he's going to listen to stuff and figure it out. Um, does that come off blatantly bad at the at the eye of it yeah um or surface is i guess what i'm literally the opposite of eye i don't know what when you're looking at it with your eyes i guess i don't know um but on the surface like yeah it like that's a terrible quote <laughs> like this is like gonna be the lowest rated nascar race on jeff gluck's was it a good race poll it's very very poor it was a bad product on television blake shelton did a pre-race concert in the damn infield why it wasn't even on tv yeah I, that's what i was wondering i was getting back i literally walked in the door from detroit five minutes before the race started um why why are you having a pre-race concert when the dude's not like facing the grandstand so like it's like you got to buy a garage pass to go see this concert come on that's like the whole point and also you have blake shelton at your racetrack doing a concert and it's not on the broadcast what are you doing what are we doing here so what what part of that like that was a normal race it wasn't even the all-star race let me give a couple of things about marcus's comments first and foremost the yeah sorry we got we got way through said, he said that his or that fans that were at the track enjoyed it as a fan think back to the days that you you go to the racetrack even to the to today but go to the racetrack when do you not leave a racetrack happy like i went to kansas thank you yeah i was gonna say this exact thing my guy didn't win, but I still enjoyed physically being at the race. I sat next to Brent Bloom watching a street stock race at Marshalltown, and I hate watching like the slowest like local shows. And I'm not hating on street stock guys. I guess I can't, probably I probably am. I don't know. I hate watching them on like a support race for the World of Allies or something weird like that. Right, but. I mean, Bloom loved it. I was like getting energy yeah. off Brent Bloom, just standing up and like cheering. It was fantastic. Uh, right. So like, I I I agree with you a hundred percent, which is what I was gonna say. Like, I've never, I don't think, I don't think ever that I've gone to a motorsports race and came back disappointed. Maybe a Monster Jam, maybe a Monster Jam or two. So that, yeah, right there. That says a lot about Monster Jam and a lot about those comments. But obviously you're going to enjoy being physically there, right? Right. And if you have a garage pass and you listen to Blake Shelton, even if you heard him on the speakers and watch him on a video screen, like it's, you still kind of sat through a concert. I remember I didn't listen to country music and, uh, there's a guy that performed at the Indy 500. I was watching at my buddy Colby's house. Uh, and I was probably, I was in high school still. I was like a freshman and sophomore or something like that. Um, I can't even remember the damn song. 
bottoms up that's what it was Brantley Gilbert right mm-hmm. that's what so yeah so he like that got me like into country music was watching that concert during the Indy 500 right. pre-race of course yeah. Uh, but like yeah, I mean it, you're gonna enjoy the race so I thought that was, it was a real dumb comment to make I thought so then part two of his comments saying that people didn't like it when it was in Charlotte and so they moved it and now they want it back in Charlotte I for one don't want it back in Charlotte I don't think anyone really wants it back in Charlotte and I think no the Coke 600 has a lot to prove this week by the way oh yeah 100% they've had like four bad ones in a row I I want to put put it at you got North Wilkesboro revived, put it at North Wilkesboro. There's that's, what, that's what they were saying. North Wilkesboro would be a badass event. I was gonna do a co- a column on five tracks I'd like to see it at, uh, but I didn't want to come off like clickbaity. So what five what five are you looking at? Who cares? That's a good Yeah, one. so off the off the top of my head, uh North Wilkesboro, uh Knoxville for shits and giggles. Probably throw an Iowa Speedway too. Um those are probably honorable mentions. Uh Bowman Gray. That'd be sick, right? It'd be a cool Can you imagine that? Place would be packed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Milwaukee would be cool. Milwaukee Mile, uh, just a track that you don't go to. Uh, and there's a couple like that, uh, of course, kind of spread around the nation. Um, I would like this is uh, this is a real pipe dream of mine. Very niche. Uh, Irwindale uh, and schedule an extra Formula Drift event there during the weekend you guys ever watch formula drift it's it's just cars that drift around corners and they are judged on how well they drift uh but one of the drivers was on fantasy factory when i was a kid so it was von Gin jr ken block i think uh but that stuff like that excitement those are cool cool little things um i'm trying to think of any other tracks off the top of my head See, I See, and this I would, is completely off the top of my head. I haven't thought about this. Right. So I would say for the all-star race, they need to keep it close to the Charlotte area, but not in Charlotte. So that's why I think North Wilkesboro would be good. I think Rockingham would be cool if they could revive that facility. Bowman Gray would be an awesome track to host it at. Any of those small short tracks, um, down in that area would be would be cool but i think you know especially wilkesboro rockingham bowman gray now off the cuff on the short track thing we still have a lot to prove with short tracks this year like richmond was better martinsville sucked bristol was good I wouldn't say Richmond was even that great. It just had a good finish to it. So you're 0 for 2 on our scales and a null, an overtime loss or a tie on the other one. Right. Because the Bristol Dirt Race, did it rocked. I liked it. Yeah, um, it doesn't count because it's dirt. Yeah, let's make let's make sure. Oh, we got two more, two more things for the NASCAR race. Um, and say so we haven't even talked about the biggest controversy yet. Yes, the late race caution. Um, so Ryan Blaney's coming to the checkered flag. People are trying to say that if the flagman is waving the checkered flag, then that like ends the race. You watch a World of Outlaws event. Well, I can go link you to a couple where the leader's coming to the line 
and a caution comes out, and that's two more laps on the end of the race. It's a green-white checkered finish. So you can call it a gimmick if you really want to, or you can just call it the rule that sets in place, but they use the World of Outlaws rule. So there's a late race yellow, so they line the cars back up, they go again, right? Ryan Blaney, okay, oh, okay, before I get to that, because Ryan Blaney's crew was surprised. Like, seriously, we're going to start this again? A lot of people seem surprised about it. It very clearly read it in the graphic, in the format graphic, and the format was easy as hell. I did not understand why people were so confused at the format. If you won a stage, you started in the top three in the last one, as long as you stayed top 15 throughout the race, right? Easy to understand, right? That way you don't drop back and sit back in the field. You don't know how many cars wreck out, so they did top 15. The the pit crew with the fastest stop on that specific round of pit stops got that fourth spot. As long as they raced in the top 15 all day. That's the entire format. And then just the, the last stage, so that was the entire format leading into the technical main event, I guess. You could call it three heat races, honestly, if you wanted to. You go to the main event or the 50 lap shootout and they're like, okay, so if we don't have a caution through laps 15 through 25, so that's basically, if there's no caution up to the halfway mark, we're gonna throw one. And that was specific to it. And that's another thing on Mike Joy, is he said the rule out loud and three laps later was making a joke about, oh, well, NASCAR, uh, they could throw a caution this lap, maybe next lap, uh, just for fun. And he's like making a joke about it. It's, the, the rule is pretty simple. It's the halfway mark, or if there's a caution within 10 laps of it. It's not hard. Like, I, people like really ripped the format. I, did, I didn't think the format was like A plus, 150% on a homework assignment, but it wasn't that hard to understand. No, but it was kind of, it's kind of dull compared to former all-star race. Format. No, it was, but I think a lot of the complaints about it were that it was hard to understand. I didn't think it was hard to understand at all. Well, because you just had to read it. So they do, they do word it very poorly. And so that's, that's on NASCAR. They word it poorly. Uh, when they come out with these things, it takes people like Bob Pockris and you to break it down for people to turn it into layman's terms. And I think Bob, I mean, goes into it on, on very technical levels. Um, and he, he probably summarized, I didn't look at his stuff. Uh, he broke it down really well. You know, my whole thing is dumbing it down. So like even, even I can understand it. Right. Right that's the problem is they they make it so difficult to understand so then people get all worked up about it and then it's not that difficult to understand so um but the whole the whole caution thing at the end the difference in world of outlaws to what we saw last night is there's not a two-way communication it's a single transponder one way so the drivers can only hear the officials okay in the right so as they, a, they, they wrote that rule on the graphic don't damon's giving me the timeout signal as if as if i'm a ref that he's a basketball coach trying to get me to shut up yeah because i can't get a word out i'm sorry so 
yes, I completely understand what you're saying as far as the caution. That has nothing to do with this in its in its entirety. I'm wondering where it's wrong. It is more or less they cannot physically hear from the official that the caution was thrown before they took the flag. All Ryan Blaney saw was the flag, right? And then the caution light, as they showed on the broadcast, came on 30 yards before he actually took the flag. However, he only saw the checkered flag. The team only saw the flag at the time, and the, the spotter did not hear the call from NASCAR until after he had already crossed the line. Therefore, they assumed that they had won the race and taken the flag before the caution. Well, did, did the, clearly, they did not. Yeah, did the caution lights not come on? They they came on. Or did they come on at the end of races normally? But it was not relayed from the official to the spotter quick enough in the communications, basically. Okay, so it's okay. So. So what I'm saying, I wish that was explained on the broadcast better in the world. Well, that wasn't necessarily, that's kind of how I pieced it together. That was, Uh, yeah, I know what you mean, but even like suggesting like, this is probably what could have happened. Yes. Because I list, I was listening to Blaney's radio for the last 20 or so laps, basically from the caution to the end of the race, uh, was listening to Blaney's radio and, the way it sounded is they didn't hear the caution call right away. And it's when you hear the caution call in an outlaws car, that's the only thing you're hearing. You don't hear the team as well. Right. And then Blaney heard the team, the call, his, his yell, all of that. And then it was relayed from his spotter uh, in Josh Williams down to Blaney that, Hey, it's not, I didn't know that was a spotter. Yeah. That's cool. Learn something every day. That that is how I kind of understood the miscommunication because I too thought Blaney had won it prior to them showing the replay of him being 30 yards from the stripe and there's a light on. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's talk the actual yellow, um, the actual caution uh, and then we'll move on to the rest of the week and then we'll get to our guest tonight it's eric bridger uh 12-time career winner at knoxville raceway uh, i gotta save my stats for the podcast i was gonna i was gonna like dig up tweets that he uh sent from years ago and i couldn't find any good ones so we're uh, we're gonna wing that uh but he's a friend of the pod we, lo- we love having uh having him on so you guys will enjoy that so um the late race yelled like everyone was dogging that the race sucked we watched the race we all thought it sucked do you blame them for throwing the yellow and trying to create a scenario like that i don't at all now the window net thing that was stupid bring them down pit road have the guy latch the window net up have them go on their way it would not have been difficult it would have been a lot technically safer i mean you're still takes a freak accident for anything to get into that part of the car but it's still possible right that's why they're there uh but seriously like i expected nascar to be very gun shy in the last segment or the last 10 or so laps of that race because nothing had happened i 
I do blame them for throwing it. Why would you want to see two more laps of terrible racing? Uh, for the one-off chance that you get an epic finish and uh, two guys wrecking each other just because. You had seven restarts all day. and they Because the, the purse for that is one million for first and zero for second through 24th, right? Right. But again, you had seven restarts throughout that entire race and they were all terrible. So I know. Number eight's going to be good. Okay, do you think there's going to be one restart in this car era that's, like, fantastic, that's epic, that changes the race? I think there has been one already, but I'm just asking. There has been. Yeah, so if there's a 10, 1.5% chance that we get it, and I'm given the option, do you want to throw the yellow and try, or do you want to just pack it up and leave? I guess I'll try. I'm going to pack it up and leave at that point. You're not you're not for the fans, Damon. No, that was for the fans. That's a little bit offensive. You're not for the fans. No, that was exactly for the fans. <laughs> get them in line to get home sooner so they can wash their eyes of that disaster that they had to see. You're definitely fair. Um, if you guys want to hear us. Here's my deal with the whole caution being thrown itself. And I know NASCAR has already come out and said that they shouldn't have thrown it and everything. That was a piss poor way of throwing a caution. If it was a guy spun around and stuck on the high, yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're talking about the actual like caution itself. Yeah, the actual caution itself. If that was, if that was a guy stuck on the track, I completely understand it. But he tapped the wall and kept going. It's not like he stopped. Right. No, it's. Uh... It was a fun flag. They just threw it to make it interesting. That's where the manufactured crap comes in. Right, but that's always been the All-Star Race. They try to, they do dumb stuff in the All-Star Race. It's always been they did underglow in the cards 2 years ago, right? I get that, but that also didn't change the product of the race. Right. That didn't change that didn't have a possible outcome uh to change the race basically. Yeah, but if you're the best, you're going to beat that restart, and Blaney did. So. Okay, so then let's say that NASCAR made him come, makes him come down pit lane because his window net's open. And then he goes to the back or doesn't go to the... No, he's, he goes to the back. Yeah, I would hate them. That's stupid. Today, we would, be, we would be complaining because NASCAR made Blaney go to the back because of their stupid call of a caution. That's what yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, but you just specifically cost him a million dollars. You know, they gave him a chance that's to win it, and he did. That's why I said, thank God that it was Blaney to win. Because if it wasn't Ryan Blaney that won, I, I, I tweeted it yesterday. Uh, Sirius XM would have had to shut down all NASCAR uh, channel f for the whole day because people would have lost their minds. I can see us getting into a much bigger fight if that wasn't, if Ryan Blaney didn't win that race. Yeah. 100%. All right. Um, IndyCar qualifying. Scott Dixon sets a Indianapolis 500 pull speed record at 234 miles per hour. Average. That was electric. I don't know how much of it you saw, but it was sick. I listened to it on the way home. I was driving home, and so I was able to listen to all of the qualifying. And, oh, my God. That was unbelievable 
the fact that you could hear the crowd go nuts was even better. Yeah, I read some. There's 50,000 fans there over the weekend. That's up uh, 5,000 overall on the race weekend from last year and another 5,000 specifically that attended on Sunday, which was at least 30, uh, which would sell out all four D1 basketball arenas in the state. I'm just throwing stats out. <laughs> no, but uh, a lot of people there to... Uh, to take that in i love that it's the weekend before it makes it a separate event for the biggest race of the year i think it is the biggest motorsports race of the year i think the only thing that could come close is the monster jam world finals i'm kidding it knoxville knoxville nationals is what i meant to say but yeah, I, I'm excited. We're going to see it next Sunday. It's going to be the be biggest day in motorsports. We'll have a podcast. I'm going to be here with Josh Betts and a few of my friends. Damon, if you want to come up for it, you're more than welcome to, obviously. Uh, I may be doing What's that? I say I think I'm camping with the fam and some friends next weekend. I figured. Um, I may be drunk more likely than not, uh, but we'll figure something out. We'll get a podcast up that night. If Damon can't, we'll get, we'll get it. That night will be tough because we still got the 600. Yeah, after the 600. My God, that'll be that'll be difficult. Yeah, well, I mean, we both might be hammered, and we'll just be openly hammered with y'all. We both might be in bed. I, dude, after Detroit, like, I can take anything over a weekend. I got beat up. Not by anybody, but playing on a sport court and roller hockey, it sucks. All right. Um, we'll talk about Jimmy Johnson's chances to win Indy and more about IndyCar over the weekend. We got to bring Eric Bridger on soon, so I want to kind of wrap up the rest of the weekend as quickly as possible. We did spend a crap ton of time on other stuff, so, or on specifically NASCAR and everything else, so our bad there. Uh, but Formula One race on Sunday. So here's my thing, though. Oh, what? I was going to say, you know, it, it can't be a, a bad deal because that's the thing that people are talking about. We're going to talk more yeah, yeah, yeah. Race next week because that was that's what the people are talking about. We're going to talk about the uh, Knoxville Nationals in August more than we're going to talk about the race at Watkins Glen because that's what the people are talking about. So you're yeah. going to get to everything at some point throughout the year. It might not be in every pro in every podcast and people will understand. No, let's, let's do that. If you want your race talked about that, you specifically thought like, you got to mention this. How could you not mention this? I put a questions thread up at least two hours before we record. I'll try to do it uh, the day of that. We record in the morning. Um, check my Twitter, check the always race day Twitter. Leave your questions. Just leave your thoughts. Just say, like, I want to hear you guys talk about this, this race that I watched. Um, and if it's a modified race of any kind, please include a video because that will be the extent that I watch of it, uh, unless it's like a hell tour race with Nick Hoffman in it. So, Formula One, uh, this is going to be the most positive I've ever been on a podcast about Formula One. It was not a bad race. Uh, Charles Leclerc, uh, I don't want to say retires because I hate their terminology on BS. Uh, he exited the race, blown engine. Don't know what made it happen. It's very prevalent in Formula One. Max Verstappen won the thing. He's four for four in races where he doesn't have an engine lose power, right? So I think F1 has a 
racing organization needs to figure out why their cars keep losing power as much as they do because they just do it randomly uh Verstappen's DRS broke which is the thing that opens on the back wing uh that gives them a little extra speed when they're uh, when they're uh, passing people that's like a push to pass an IndyCar uh no they have no clue why it broke I mean these cars are like obviously stuff breaks sometimes but like with no contact you'd think they'd have it down pat just a little bit better than they do but yeah i thought it wasn't bad yeah. um george russell I, I mean oh you know you go, go for it go for it i was just gonna say i kind of saw a few things on on social media sunday was uh was a cleanup day as i said we were working at graduation and so we were cleaning stuff up on sunday so i didn't get to really see it uh but you know a lot of people really seemed to to enjoy the fact that verstappen was able to pull one through and and yeah you mentioned the fact that indycar's got a lot of cars breaking right now that seems to be a problem see indycar formula one Sorry, I meant Formula One. No, you're all good. I said Indy. I don't know what I said, but if I said Indy car, I meant Formula One. They got a lot of cars breaking right now. Uh, probably need to get that. And that'll be something we look at for the Indy 500, too. We watched Scott Dixon and Alexander Rossi blow engines during the first 35 laps of that race last year. Uh, obviously, it didn't happen to anyone else um, that race, but it did happen the rest of the year. Uh, we'll see how F1 handles that. I don't think there's what bugs me is that they're not open about that they don't talk about it no one seems but i guess at the same time nascar hasn't really talked about the tire issue so um no i thought i thought it was a pretty good race though uh george russell is really lit uh it's not just because of his good looks uh but he is a good driver as well um yeah. not i shouldn't be I should be surprised because it's kind of hard to figure out, you know, or is Mercedes still bad or are George Russell and uh, Lewis Hamilton uh, really good drivers that are raising those cars above what they are? I have no idea because the basis we have to go off of is guys that raced in a 20 car grid where four cars were better than the other 16. So well, it's tough to say. Isn't it kind of weird though that they went from being the car, you know, like the cars, the guys to beat, to now running what eleventh, twelfth? Yeah, because I mean, yeah, it's all developers. Like they make one mistake and the car's off, and they have no clue how to fix it. The engineers, I'm air quoting right now, have no like. I don't know if they even have notes, dude. It seems like they don't honestly and i'm sure i'm sure they do professionally i'm sure they have notes and stuff uh but it, it's like there are there are like things that happen to these race cars and i'm like what did you spend the winter doing did you like make cars or, or, like did you work on the car <laughs> Yeah, just three weird. test sessions that last two to three days. Did you like run more than ten laps? I'm sorry, I probably not. I cut you off again. I was saying it's really weird that it happened like a light switch, basically. Right. All right, let's talk uh, USAC real quick. Um, 
World of Allies stuff. Also, uh, Kyle Larson won on Friday. Race gets rained out on Saturday. I'm excited for this week, though. So they go to Atomic Speedway, um, and everyone's sharing the clip of uh, Terry McCarl uh, waving uh, to Donnie Shots in the interviews that followed afterwards. So that was pretty pretty damn cool to see. Uh, I don't think I had like seen that before and realized it. I think I've watched the video before, but I didn't have as you much. Seen of, that? I, that's what I mean. I think I have seen it, but like I didn't realize that I've seen it until today. It's such a cool video and the interview is awesome. Right. Um, so you go to Atomic uh, this week, Lawrenceburg for the Memorial Day uh, Spectacular. That's what they call it. And then Houston's next Sunday, and that's their extended their racing schedule for the next like nine, ten days, whatever it is. Um, Larson gets his second win. Real quick, what do we think of Jacob Allen? Damn. Yeah. He's doing something special right now. I, I love this. Yeah, I mean, there's there's not a whole lot bad that you can say about his team and car right now it's, it's dialed up now if they can you know if they can finish the race i mean what they they had what was it a tire that went down that that race that he led nearly every lap in pennsylvania after yeah. he won his second one uh he ran out of fuel i think that's right ran out of fuel so you know we're looking at him being possibly a three-time winner on the tour if he doesn't have that happen and a couple other scenarios fall into place he's he's on one this year man all right so i've got to mention this as well um for the usac downwind sprint car series they have the tony holman classic and they have a plethora of racing coming up i've used that word 17 times in this damn show my bad but a lot of races coming up this week uh including at uh, circle city i want to say wednesday and thursday uh for the indycar 500 race weekend uh or whatever they're calling it but gonna be fun we got racing every day it's a grind it's a blast it's gonna be cool to see but robert blue as you know who's a big part of trying to revamp the Terre Haute action track uh won the usac sprint car race there so that was uh really cool to see i've reached out to him trying to get him on the podcast um i don't think i've gotten an email back but we'll let y'all know uh kind of how that's going uh but scott ronk who's on the promoting team at Terre Haute, uh had a pretty controversial tweet today got 31 replies 43 likes uh but he says uh so as the promoter at flow racing televises the races which kills attendance and I'll, i'm going to dive into that first sentence in a bit you probably heard my opinion on it but I'll, we'll go through all this real quick before we get eric on um he continues quote at nos energy drink was there passing out free drinks while we sell bang energy drinks quote too cool for me quote lauren has yet to return any of my calls and texts stay tuned uh, so this is from the guy, this is from the guy that when they rescheduled to sunday is that right uh-huh okay so i saw that tweet but i didn't see the the nos tweet that's man it's all the same it's all in the same tweet was it yeah uh scott underscore ronk is his username 
and I haven't I haven't talked to Scott in person. I haven't met him. Uh, I'd love to get him on and uh, talk about stuff. But from my point, okay, having your race broadcasted to fans is not killing attendance. I want to tell you, I've never watched a Monster Jam World Finals that wasn't sold out at Sam Boyd Stadium in Las Vegas. They moved it to Orlando. They had it during COVID. There was capacity restrictions last year. There was no restrictions this year to this year's Monster Jam World Finals. They did not sell out the crowd on Saturday night. The race was not broadcasted on any streaming platform. You could not watch it anywhere if you were not at the stadium. Okay? That is stupid. That is effing stupid. Having a race on a broadcast is not killing any attendance. If you have a choice to go to the track to see this race or watch it on TV, I guarantee you your crowd of 8,000, 15 people might make that decision by that. That's it. Do you... Streaming platforms are not killing attendance and dirt racing. It's, you cannot use that as an excuse that's lazy. I do want to ask this though. Do you think that it has has a part to do in with it? Like a one percent. Like maybe is it more? You would say more? I would say it's gotta be a little bit more. But like okay, so we talked about we talked about the all-star race, right? Go ahead. We talk about the All-Star Race. Like you have the opportunity to go to Texas and buy tickets to the race and go. Or you can watch it on TV. The TV broadcast sucked. I guarantee you being at the race is more fun. It's always more fun. There's a very minimal amount of people that are making their decision based on if they can see the race on broadcast or not. I, I guess where I come from, and I completely agree with what you're saying, is I guess where I come from is if the streaming possible, you know, let's say you're, what's a, what's a reasonable driving range for a race? Two, three hours? I'd say four hours tops. Okay. So if you're in a reasonable four hour ratio, right? From where that racetrack's at, you're you're going through the radius. You're looking for the word radius. That's right. Yes, radius, that's the word. Look at me, dude. Jesus. I can never think of words myself, but if you bring them up. It's about time. Uh, <laughs> it's about time somebody else carried this. Um, you know, it, if you're looking for that four hour deal, right? Okay. It's cool to be at the racetrack. However, think about a few other things that, that get added on here, right? Cost of going to the race itself. Gas prices today aren't the cheapest, as we have seen. Right. So Sunday night. Yeah, and it's a Sunday night. So if you're looking at all of those three things side by side by side, are you going to choose to stay home or are you going to choose to go if you're at, at four hours away? Right. And I do want to throw in my completely, uh, I, you could call it radical politically thing of abolishing the, I'm using a lot of liberal words, sorry. Uh, the nine to five work week. 
stupid okay look at what covid's done there's a worker shortage because a lot of people have learned how to make money uh while not doing a conventional day job so like you think making money from posting TikToks or posting on social media or being a brand ambassador for someone or something is a stupid job uh okay well, just go do it go try it because it's an easy job right so like that that has we, if we get closer to abolishing the like i expect you to be at work bright and early on monday at eight o'clock in the morning okay so if we could like get rid of that and stop doing that so harshly mondays are going to suck less people are going to figure out when they need to work more stuff gets done but you move a race from saturday to sunday night and you talk about everything we just talked about a lot of those fans are on that nine to five monday through friday that's going to hurt attendance right there so like using like the broadcaster as like the crutch of like oh this this isn't as big okay hold also the tony tony holman classic used to be a race that was broadcast on abc is that correct uh very well could have been i could someone told me that I think it could have been. So do you think that if the race was broadcasted on ABC, we'd be blaming ABC for this? Because that would be much dumber as well. No, but I think... Can you say, can you say that no with more authority so I know you get what I'm saying? <laughs> no, I do get what you're saying. I understand completely what you're saying. I'm just trying to figure out how to put it into terms as where i i don't completely agree with this guy's tweet right i don't i don't agree with it to uh 100 but i do have a feeling that streaming does or has a little bit of reason as to why attendance is down i think if you're an old fan and you're like a diehard and you want to see every race like you're gonna go no, but I mean, I think I think that's the type of people that might stay home for a race weekend because it's like, oh, it's kind of cold out tonight, Grandpa. You should probably stay here. We'll get a pizza and we'll have a chill night. And yeah. does does the track not make off make money off any amount of money from the broadcast? I don't know. I so. no. I, it might just be a USAC deal. So. But I, I think it's very minimal the amount of fans you're taking away from the racetrack, and it's much more valuable to your sport and your series to have these races. There's NASCAR fans that are diehards that want to watch the real, like I say real developmental as if like ARC is not real enough. Uh, like they want to watch every ARC East and West race. They want to watch every Penty series race, uh, stuff like that. And those are all on flow racing. Now you have, uh, you have the opportunity to attract so many people with when these races are broadcasted and on what platforms they are so like do it but i do think though it makes that 50 50 do i want to make the drive and sit out in the cold or do i want to sit at home and have a better view i think it makes that call a little bit easier now yeah but also, i mean I get what you're saying, but again, like it, that's like a minimal amount of the fans. And I think having, you know, the postponement to Sunday night, that sucked. I would blame rain a lot more than I would blame any broadcaster, let alone flow, who has probably the most 
definitely the most diverse lineup. Oh. If if he would have if if he would have tweeted this out on Saturday, like and they had the same issues on a Saturday night as they were. You mean on Friday night of or whatever they? Were, yeah. Okay. I, both. Okay. You're okay. I see. They're going to host the race. Yeah. But if they if they had the same issues, then his statements have a little bit more backing as to the the streaming platform. I don't know. I'm just I I, I I'm. I'm stuttering a lot tonight, apparently. Being moved to a a date that it wasn't originally planned for anyway is always going to bring less attendance. Look at any race that's ever been moved off of its normal date is always going to bring less attendance. Yeah, you're right. I'm just, I mean, you know I'm neck deep on, like, they're racing Facebook groups and stuff like that. I'm like sick and tired of just hearing people complain about a race being broadcasted so other fans can see it. I'm just tired of multiple streaming. If I'm in, if I'm in Connecticut and I want to watch a race in Iowa, then I damn well love to watch the Knoxville week, weekly show on their vision or the world of allies, wherever they're at. I just, I'm, I'm one that I'm tired of having the multiple streaming stuff. So I'm getting kind of frustrated with streaming in the first place. Okay. So the four, the four stream issue is a different thing. I mean, let's tackle that on the next podcast and we'll, we'll try to get someone up. Okay. We're going to do some programming stuff here. Uh, we're going to have circle jerks on next week. Uh, we were talking about the schedule this week and he's like, how's Friday night sound or how's Thursday sound? I was like, uh, it's, a couple days that didn't work for me uh for sure uh and i didn't talk to damon because i hadn't talked to him yet but we're gonna have him on next week we'll still call the mid-season podcast and uh we'll get our takes and sorry it's taken so long i would blame dan that i don't think he's solely responsible but that's usually the guy who gets blamed for stuff on their podcast so they're awesome people we want to try to get all five of us on the same night so we're going to try to do that so all right next up eric bridger all right everybody we're now joined by a very special guest he is a 12-time winner at knoxville raceway and i think we're now the official podcast of the pace pro sprints at knoxville because uh, we've had the last three winners on the last three weeks it's a friend of the pod uh one of my good buddies eric bridger um who won again at knoxville when i wasn't at the damn racetrack I told you, Lex, that's why I tweeted at you last uh, Saturday night saying that uh, I'll give you chicken bites if you stay away for the rest of the year. Maybe we'll Just chicken, that's a, that's a bad deal, though. Like, Ayrton has to throw some stuff in for me as well, and then it's got to pay off for him. There's a long, like, Carson McCarl, if he stops big-timing us. We ask him every week to come on. He never does. Now he's a busy guy. He's got a pull up busier schedule than some of us. I'm just kidding to those who don't uh, don't listen every week. We don't do yeah. that, but I, I probably could, and I probably would get the, it'd be like one out of every five weeks. He'd be like, oh, maybe if I could find some time and he'd just be like, I'm bad at responding to the text, man. My bad. <laughs> I'm just going to tell Dave over at turn four that post your picture up on against the gate wall and tell, do not let this guy into a princess. <laughs> You can probably just tell Dave he'll just not let me. <laughs> yeah, yeah I'll, I'll slip him a $20 bill. Say, hey, see that guy the Iowa State hat on? Don't let him in. 
There you go. It's always the Iowa State hat. It's branding. Uh, Damon Damon keeps talking over me on this podcast episode. I don't know if you haven't listened to it yet, Eric, so I don't know. Oh, off, off, off the camera, that was the opposite. So. <laughs> Damon, go ahead. I'm just not going to talk for the rest of the show, Eric. Uh, it's been fun having you on. Um, I'll let Connor take over from here because I'm not getting another word in. There's a delay, a slight delay, and I did update my internet today. I'm paying $30 more per month now. Being a grown-up is stupid. Uh, but, yeah, so there's a, still a slight delay in Damon's words to when the microphone picks it up. Um, and so I keep I keep doing that. I do it every week anyways, but... That's my excuse tonight, Damon. Go ahead. I I was just gonna say they they would do a great job keeping you out in Knoxville. Help a lot of people out. I think I could sneak in somewhere. You can watch from the stands. I'd yeah. trick somebody. I could trick somebody pretty easily. Anyways, Eric, uh, you held off Gronendike, right? How how was that win? How'd it feel? Yeah, it was pretty good. It was um, probably about the best spot you can have is starting on the front row, Knoxville. So you have to take advantage of it when you when you get the opportunity to. And luckily, too, that night the track, at least for us, I think it kind of slicked off a little bit after our feature. It uh, was really heavy, hammered down, especially on the bottom. The bottom was really juiced up. So you, uh, uh, Wilkie, kind of held on the outside there for about a lap, lap and a half, and then. Um, got some clean air and just kind of paced myself and set my own pace to what I wanted to do for the feature. And then, um, I looked up on the video board, video board a couple of times, didn't see anybody. And then coming on the backstretch going into that final corner, I saw Green Nike was about two or three cars behind me. So I, uh, I just trying to really focus and have a good, uh, good final corner. And then, uh, and then, then uh, Navitol uh, tipped over, and then we had the red flag. So that gave me uh, a chance to catch my breath and uh, kind of rethink what I wanted to do there two laps ago. Obviously, uh, we've seen a couple, well, most of the season here so far, but last few races, if you're starting near the front or, or up front in your case, uh, it's a pretty good pretty good chance of, of winning. Is there any testament to that? Is it just the way the track's running right now? Um, you know, a good example, too, is like, um, you know, the two laps ago, it was hammered down full throttle all the way so it's hard to beat that you know even if you're trying to do the high side or something like that um the weather's been kind of odd this year we've only had one day probably racing above like 75 degrees and that was last week so like in qualifying you get people that uh want to hold the throttle down open as much as they can and they can qualify a lot of people qualify good till the track starts slicking off and all that so um so it's been weird there's been some standing water down the bottom sometimes too that's made some difficulty for passing and for our future and this has been um it's just been a little bit different it's definitely been the front row dominant type of last couple of races but i think once it starts warming up a little bit hopefully and uh you get some summer months it'll kind of slick off the track a little bit and provide some um, people starting from pass row one to what to win the race you, know, you talked about the the slick um corners right against the berm i don't know the inside of the corner i guess is i don't know if there's a word for it but it it's looked really slick uh to the last three races at knoxville do you think that's like an alarming trend a different trend do you think it's a trend at all or is it just the weather's been weird 
I think this the weather's been real weird. Um, you uh, usually only have about two weeks in the beginning of the year where it's really cold, like in April. And you know, May was probably last week was probably one of the coldest nights we raced at Knoxville. So I mean, it's hard to get a perfect racetrack, and well, it's hard every night to get a perfect racetrack. But Duncan's do a pretty good job of getting us what he can give us, and uh, we uh, just just you know they have put a lot of water down there at the bottom for the bottom of the hole and to have two lanes of racing and uh i feel like there's just sometimes where they uh just have a little bit of standing water so it's kind of uh becomes a one groove type of lane racetrack so it's not like there's standing water around the whole racetrack there's just like a spot or two that has uh some water or something like that on there but uh but overall you know last week was a pretty good racetrack for us and um it was like i said very bottom dominant but i feel like here the next couple weeks or so you'll see kind of a different type of racing going forward this would be in former outside was there something that you guys did a little bit different this week to that you hit on or, or was it just you know your time right time right place kind of deal <laughs> luck of the draw uh we got a <laughs> a car invert so uh that got us on the front row starting on the pole we were the eighth i guess total points car of the night so uh so yeah so that gave us a, a good opportunity we, we made about our normal changes as we did last week i felt like we hit on a couple things um didn't do adjustment that we did we usually do that i feel like to help the car better so um obviously we still have to do your job you still have to make the car set up correctly and um also as myself as a driver too is to uh, make sure you don't do any screw-ups i was actually pretty nervous beginning of the race because it's been that long since we started on the front row and it's been that long since we've uh, won so i, I was gonna say that's your first win back in the pace series right since you uh, we won twice last year so oh, i'm just yeah. sleeping on your stats then i'm dumb yeah yeah you're right now i remember it now yeah, yeah. that's yeah. how the always race day sticker took its first trip to victory lane ever yeah yeah well, i just disrespected our greatest brand i'm sorry damon <laughs> yeah look at his face he's pissed as shit at me <laughs> well it made it, it made an appearance again saturday night and uh so it's still on there so we appreciate that a lot and we still have uh we still have your ads up yeah well, that's good so, i, I um, wanted to make sure made sure they were still showing up so yeah that's good so but yeah we uh um yeah it's just you gotta take advantage of the opportunity where you can i mean you only get that so many times and you know i feel like the beginning of years has been kind of odd because it's you know that last week we qualified second when the track was kind of slicked off a little bit i feel like this kind of shows who has the speed of that so anybody can really just kind of hammer down so quick set quick time when it's really one lane in the beginning of the night so but uh but yeah you just gotta take advantage of those opportunities if you don't you're gonna kick yourself for the rest of the week or the rest of the year so so i mean it's been about a year since we've uh we've won a race i feel like and it's been almost close so that. thank you for justifying what i said at the end of your quote there you're welcome so we always uh with guys that are recurring guests and you're you're at the top of the pedestal there don't let scotty fool you did have one two episodes in a row set history if you win saturday and like i break my leg playing hockey this week then you might get two in a row for yourself as well but I went and looked at your Twitter to try and find any problematic tweets uh, to try and throw a curveball at you. And I have 
uh, you just tweeted whelp with a couple of periods after it on September 9th of 2018. Do you want to address those comments? September 9th. Seems like a Bears game day. Um, You're also a Illinois fan, so. Well, I was going to say, too, since you're not going to be at Knoxville, I guess that raises my chances of winning by probably 50%. So I'll be there Saturday. I'll be there Saturday. Oh. Aaron Summers play Friday. I'm in town. I thought you were playing hockey. I played hockey this weekend. Oh, okay. I got kicked out of the first game. Yeah. You'll hear, you'll hear all about it. I scored the game winner in the shootout on the second game Saturday. Uh, then we got fifth in the country. So that was uh, fifth sucks. Also, 8 a.m. games should be abolished. It's stupid, stupid as hell. No one's the championships at 3:40 or 4:40. No one gives a shit of the extra hour. So why am I waking up at eight to play a hockey game? Like no one wants to be there. Also, somebody's we, Well, we had a record crowd. We had a record crowd on Saturday night. Uh, there's about 35 people in the stands. So that trumps the past record by five times five. So. Yeah, well, if they had chicken bites, they have 55. They do not have anything remotely close. <laughs> <laughs> no nachos either, so Connor is probably disappointed. I had nachos at Buffalo Wild Wings afterwards. Of course, somebody goes to Buffalo Wild Wings and has nachos. I had the chili con queso, and then I had some everything pretzel bites or whatever. You get some carbs in there. Sounds like you spent 20 bucks on appetizers. <laughs> I did, and I spent 14 more on margaritas so that I could go to sleep peacefully. <laughs> oh, boy. They didn't have any of the THC ones they have in Illinois, though, so I was kind of pissed. Yeah, yeah. Let's see, September September 2018. Um, it had to have been a Bears game. That Illinois game. I mean, that that could have been like an Eastern Michigan loss or something like that. And Levin Smith's. <laughs> 2018 was a year that Illinois lost to Iowa, 63 to zero. So. so probably wasn't in September though. No, it wasn't. That was in November. And I think that was actually the day of the Knoxville banquet, unfortunately. So I was sitting at the bar at the Prairie Meadows Casino, and uh, I had the so when if. If and when Illinois beats Iowa again in football, this will be my uh, my memorable remorse. You know, take that to the heart because of the sixty-three to zero loss back in two thousand eighteen. How do you think Illinois is going to wind up this year? Uh, hopefully, a bowl team. I mean, they should have been a bowl team last year, and uh, they were very close, five and seven. So, um, that's a bull. That's a bull team. If you have good enough academics, what happened? Well, you know, I was at, I was at the, uh, a Maryland game uh, in September, and they lost on the last second field goal because they couldn't get past a first down to save their lives. So, um, I don't know. This year's a little bit concerning, though. They, uh, according to Bill Conley's or Conley's S and P ratings for return production from last year to this year, they're like. 120th and usually that's not a very good sign for that but i saw iowa state's kind of in the same category too on that so uh it'd be interesting to see what happens this year usually usually in football if you don't return a lot of production unless you're like ohio state alabama georgia um it might be a little bit of a down year regarding the football team so i think it's all kind of 
and I'm not like defending Iowa State with any takes like this, but it's all kind of arbitrary on like who you think's going to do well, and then you know, like like you said, you, the last second field goal is the difference between a five and seven year where you don't go to a bowl, or a six and six year that could be seven and six if you win one. So. Yeah, yeah, I don't change the momentum and all that too. And too, you know, you get players that you haven't heard of before that emerges. I mean, you know, last year Illinois had a uh, a player that played wide receiver, safety, cornerback, like in his first four years. Sounds like Nate Shieldhouse. And then they uh, he did that. He just could. <laughs> and then they got the uh, and they put him at safety, and about game three or four, he kind of hooked on, and then. He gets drafted by the Lions and he's making five million dollars a year, five million dollars from his NFL contract. So you get some of those players too that happens like that. So yeah, but would you rather like make like a decent salary with the Detroit Lions of all NFL teams or win a pace pro sprint race at Knoxville? I don't know. It's different be paying five million dollars or getting paid six hundred and fifty bucks for running a race. That's the great debate, right? <laughs> Just about as bad as your take as it was in basketball. <laughs> Dude, that race sucked. Yeah. It's the worst. It was the worst of the 14. And your take was worse for the last lap caution. We've, okay, we've talked about this. We talked about it off the air too, but I know I'm just, I don't want to overwhelm the fans here. I'm not. The caution was a weak caution, but if you watch 149 laps, your products suck, and you're like, all right, there's a 1% chance that we can fix half of this. I'm just going to take it. I'm just going to throw it out there. Whatever. Sure. Can't get worse. Like you said, fix. Fix. Right. There's a lot of fixing to do, and it fixes just don't go to Texas. Connor. Sounds like, sounds like a WWE I, show. I've I've doubled down at tables in Las Vegas a lot, and I don't come out on the winning end too often. You might. It's not a betting question. You're not like there's a more than one percent chance you win the next blackjack hand. That's not the like. I'm just saying you might not want to double down on this take. That's the point. More no, less. I'm just. Let me. If you let me finish points, you'd understand. But we can't get to that today. So you're right. You're right. You need to pause with a cause on that topic. It sounds like. So I, I am getting. I'm getting thrown under the bus. Thrown to the hounds by my great friend and co-host Damon, who we briefly ended our friendship for a bit on Sunday. He didn't. He, have you ever watched Malcolm in the Middle, Eric? Oh yeah, I used to like watch the show a lot growing up. Damon said, I watched three episodes. It sucks. I've never seen it. I said it wasn't great. I didn't he say paraphrased. That's paraphrasing. I mean, we all know what you were thinking, Damon. Yeah. I sent him, I sent him, I said, can you write this blog on Frankie Munoz real quick? If I you really appreciate that. I was very appreciative. He goes, I, dude, I don't even know who this is. <laughs> If he was in a go kart movie, yeah, yeah. If you would have told me some of those things, I would have known. But you said Malcolm in the Middle. I'm like, who cares? It said it in the tweet. I don't know. Formerly, formerly raced in like indie lights, indie development series. No, Curtis race. went to be a movie star. Now he's racing Arca. At least the last race of the year. I gotta wonder how much money he has paid us to get that one race. He's got enough. <laughs> it's gotta be at least six figures. Especially I don't know, man. Winning an ARCA race pays about as much as you got on Saturday night. Yeah, but I'm talking about paying to race. No, I, I know what you. Yeah, I know what you're saying. 
I, I also think whatever team takes him in is getting a lot of PR out of it. A lot of, you know, you're it's getting Andy a lot of Hillenberg's team. Yes, yeah, so, Andy Hillenberg's team. Uh, how do you know that? How do you know that, David? Because I did my research. Constantly. Because you saw Frankie Munoz was driving a car and you had to figure out who he was driving for? Yeah. That's PR. He's driving Andy Hillenberg's team. That's the car he tested in Daytona. I, I got it. Yeah. I'm just pointing that out. I don't think I don't think this is a debate at all anymore. I think we're just I think we're just both pumping each other up as much as we can. No, Good I, job, Damon. I'm giving you stats so you can have some back back knowledge with your storyline here. Way more than Mike Joy gave me on Sunday. Well, um, let's go back to Eric. If you would have said that he was an agent Cody Banks, like I would have gotten that. Yeah, he drove the go karts. Just saying. Probably both of them, honestly. If you said Agent Cody Banks instead of Malcolm in the Middle, we had a better chance. <laughs> racing stripes. Racing stripes. It's a great movie. He was in the, that's a horse racing movie, right? Yeah. He was in that? Yes. I remember seeing that in theaters. What was that horse from the seventies? The first triple crown winner? I thought that was Secretariat for like the first fourteen years of my life. Dear God. I just remembered watching a horse movie in movie theaters, and I was like, that's got to be it, right? I watched that movie. Oh, my God. It wasn't until my friend said something about it. I was like, that never happened. What are you talking about? That a zebra ran in the Kentucky Derby? Yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> I wish it did. It would make it much more interesting. Oh, my goodness. Eric, who's your Kentucky Derby pick for next year? Well, I have to say that out of the 20 minutes I've been on the Zoom that I know why Damon can't get a word because you have the biggest mic ever on the planet. <laughs> it's, it's bigger than my face almost. Yeah, it is. I see the stand. Yeah. 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 You're, I have to like turn down my volume each time you speak. Oh, I'm sorry. No, you should have told me. I'm. Tr we're trying to get the level figured out because I just have this knob. I don't have the levels sitting in front of me. Yeah, and this week, like, it seems like Damon and I are closer on our voices, or at least he's louder out of my speakers. I feel bad for the people that have headphones on when they turn this podcast on. <laughs> well, we, we, I, I shrink it all down so it gets closer to each other. So at some point, it'll be perfect. We're working that way. Also, next week, Always Race Day, sponsored by hearingaids.org. <laughs> <laughs> what? You should have seen the, or listened to the episode where the Stars gave up two, uh, two goals in the third period to Calgary in a one nothing lead. You're, you're saying that I'm watching hockey right now. So. Uh, I just yell. I just yelled the F word like probably what Damon six to seven times each goal within thirty seconds. It was bad. I was not happy about it. Yeah, we're on next season. Uh, no goalie problems, but a new coach now to find. So <laughs> gotta keep it interesting. It's a roller coaster. If you're better than my. Uh little bit followed Chicago Blackhawks. So. Yeah, I would hate to have three Stanley Cup championships in the last 12 years. That would suck. I know, it's horrible. <laughs> I, I could have zero. a record after that. I don't know, it might be pretty bad. <laughs> <laughs> At least they're on the come up again because it was getting pretty bad. Um, it seems yeah, like they've made the changes. Hockey coaches yeah. are like SEC yeah, that coaches, and they just abuse situation. Yeah, that was rough too. But that one kind of got swept under the rug. What happened after? Something else happened after that. 
Yeah, they got brought up again. I don't know what happened. I don't know if more people got filed in the lawsuit or what. I don't know. I didn't really read, read upon it. So, like I said, Blackhawks are not my most favorite team. They're not, not my full, most followed. So, but I do do claim fan ownership a little bit. So, for sure. All right. So, I did have to add, we'll get back into Syria. Yeah. We're, we're going to just bounce between like off the wall questions and actual race stuff, I guess. But, uh, do you think, do you have the car figured out or was that just a product of starting on the front row? We already talked uh, about this. I feel like last week we made some decent changes. I just wanted to see that. like how, how much the car came forward. If you already answered that when I walked up and grabbed some stuff, that's my bad, but yeah, Dave and I kind of talked about that a little bit. Oh so. shit. That's on me. No, that's on, that's on me. I shouldn't have gotten up and I went to get a note card thing, whatever. All right, Damon, Damon, you, you come up with Next question. Come up with a question, Damon. I'd love to see it. I just want to know, you know, because you're you're a racing fan like we are, so I just want to know what your thoughts of, you know, the All Star race and what what they should do next should be. Um, that's a good question because I feel like, well, the biggest thing is I don't know how many years it's been paying a million dollars, which I know is a lot of money, but, um, you know there's a dirt race paying a million dollars with Eldora million. So I feel like, Hey, you're a NASCAR show. How about you pay 2 million? You know, you know, Daytona 500 pays a million. I don't know. There might be some other big races that close to pay a million, but, uh, um, you gotta look at the person and say, you know, a million dollars, million dollars. I mean, you got sponsorships that are paying 40 to maybe even 50 million now for a whole season. Um, so I mean, you gotta look at that. You gotta look at what you can do to excite the drivers to do a little bit more into it. So it's interesting you say that because Dale Jr. had a tweet as well, um, saying that Daytona's winner kind of they basically get paid almost two million now yeah he said yeah, he'd they, like to see it double or triple that to set it aside yeah well he also made a point too that um it has raised because when he won it in 2000 i think it was 2000 yeah 2000 2000 that was a half a million and when his daddy his dad won it out of in the 80s or 90s that was 250 or 200 thousand so you said daddy i thought you were talking about tony stewart to dale jr but i get it now i don't know i think i don't think tony stewart has a daytona 500 championship trophy in his and as a, uh, he's got an indie one and a couple cup series ones so yeah i know maybe if maybe if 2000 2004 wasn't such a sensitive year with the word shit we would have won out a championship so amen <laughs> yeah but uh i did hear though they awarded him the championship last night after they decided to retake the uh the flag back with blaney's win so yeah, I think uh, Denny was NASCAR cha uh, chairman for an hour or something like that. He was giving away some, uh, giving away some uh, Wonka chocolate bars with some golden tickets. I guess he did. He gave Mark Martin's win back in the '80s yeah. back and everything. Yeah. I forgot about that one. I think that's the one he pulled in on the white flag. I think it was he did, and that's how uh, Mark Green got the win in that Bush Series race. Yeah, because I always remember my grandpa saying, you know. 
if you uh, don't be like Mark Martin, don't ever pull in on the white flag. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so I think that's one that stuck with a lot of the, you know, some generations now that are getting a little bit older into the wiser, older, but wiser section. So just, just speaking Six. off of, just speaking off of that, did you know Damon hates Logan Schuhart who happened to pull in at Bristol uh, in second place on the white flag last year? Wasn't it because he ran on a field though? Uh, I think the engine screwed up or something. I don't think he was out of fuel. He might have been. I could be remembering it wrong. Um, I'm kind of playing it out. We're supposed to have one of the shark guys on at one point or another. Uh, I got to text Bill back again, but they couldn't come on last week, the week before they couldn't uh, because they were racing. So at some point, we're going to have at least one of them on. I'd love to get both at any time in the season because they're both ripping it up right now but damon damon is not satisfied with the lack of wins logan has he's a he's a real he's a real winners fan i would almost call him a bandwagon the interesting thing is is that you know jacob lost a dry dream sponsorship and uh um all that while logan kept his and i i don't know i'm i'm sure there's a lot more to it than just losing that but um, but this year seems like Jacob's done pretty a lot better than Logan has. So that's all I've been trying to say. And he takes it to the far extreme as I hate Logan Shuart because I say Jacob Allen's running better. What's there's good? some there's some questionable quotes in there. You had a Marcus Smith interview. So like ninety-five percent of what you said was probably accurate, but the five percent was like you didn't need to say that, bro. It's called clickbait. Yeah. Just <laughs> like everything else in the world. Promoting the brand, Connor. Join yeah. the crew. I have enough yeah. people call me clickbait as is. We don't need more. <laughs> but that's fair. You gotta, you gotta join the times. All right, Damon. Or, I'm not Damon. Eric. Uh, this is our clickbait quote question of the day. Uh, whatever you say is what we're going to have the headline be on the podcast. So if you could change one rule at Knoxville Raceway, what would it be to how they run their weekly shows? Would you consider putting a ramp on the backstretch just as a joker lane? You got to take it one time through the race. No. Okay, that's no, fair. Really. That's fair. We change the ride height for everybody. It would be insane. Go ahead, though. Um what i would change i don't know because i got my qualifying back so i don't think i would change anything at all that was last year's discussion that's another thing damon texted me saturday so, night after you won saying he hates inverts i did not say that he said early yeah, in the early in the podcast he was specifically telling me you can't hate uh inverts anymore and we had a whole thing about it but you won almost because of well, an invert this week yeah, I want because of invert. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. No, I'm not putting it on that. You. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I'm not trying. Yeah, I never once knocked the inverts either. It's Connor's using it gimmickly and all that. I just think if we're gonna sit here and qualify for an hour and a half, then we should just put the fastest car at the front of the field. No, you know what I want to change. It's not Knoxville, but it's one of that loss. All right. So oh no. Four car, car invert. Uh, well, well, yeah, four cars for heat race. Invert the heat, heat race somehow. Give me something. Eric just went from like our best guest to like my least favorite five. I don't. I don't actually hate that idea. To I mean, yeah. the reason why they changed it, I guess, because there's a lot of guys sandbagging and qualifying. But I don't know. I mean, you. 
if especially if you watch them at Knoxville. So let me ask you this: Can yeah. you incentivize the drivers for qualifying somehow? Well, back before we had the Ember, is that as long as they finished in the top four, they made the dash. Okay. So they didn't have to lose any spots. So, I mean, yeah, it's getting harder and harder nowadays because everybody has the same equipment as the guy across the pits does. So, I mean, it's just, I don't know. I just feel like the heat races outlaw shows you, it's like a almost qualifying session again because the leader checks out and then it's follow the leader but because the track is usually pretty narrow now there's some race tracks you do see some cars go from like fifth to third or maybe fifth from second but it has to take a really really racy racetrack which sometimes doesn't happen until the future so right you want you want more of a universal rule that will work at more tracks and it doesn't yeah because i mean you i don't know i mean you if you get somebody that's and again it's supposed to be the hardest race ever in sprint car to win is a little outlaws show but you have to sometimes think about um you know as a driver sometimes that's a well i guess not as a driver i guess more as a fan it adds a little bit more to the show but seeing that quick qualifier see if he can try to get into the dash or if he can finish better or you know so so my question is do you think you can if you were to do an invert for the heat races could you incentivize like the top 10 in and give them some extra points of some sort uh that'd be a little bit tough because that fluctuates a lot with points i mean not as not as often as you think but it does change uh, eric not to talk over you no. excuse yeah, me damon did yeah. you see how many fans got confused at the nascar format on sunday which was completely easy again but you want to put points into the qual like usac's point system i hate it you're sitting here, all right, so the guy that f got first in qualifying gets like six extra points or something, and then uh, he starts in sixth in his heat race, and then we have points there, maybe, but probably not, and then we have points at the end of the race. It's still confusing to me to this day. And I also think Knoxville puts way too much weight in their qualifying points. If you get the pole in qualifying at Knoxville, you're jumping up the point system. I was talking more along the lines of like championship points. Like I'm just saying it's it's just confusing. But I mean, you don't have to make it that confusing. Do like they do with the stages in NASCAR and pay out the top ten and points that way. And you get so many for for qualifying well, and that that's kind of your incentive for not sandbagging in qualifying to get a better starting spot in the in, in the heat race invert. Yeah, because I think I remember, and I don't think the outlaws do this anymore. You used to get points for qualifying. I came for quick time, like top three. So I don't know. Maybe if you give, uh, you know, if you have a three re three race uh, heat race for the night, you get the quick quick qualifier, like ten points, second five, and like third third three points or something like that. Or you do like now you're throwing odd numbers into the point system, which is or like you operate on even numbers in the outlaws. Well, you do like 10, 10, and 10. You give a quick time qualifier, 10 points, second, 10, because they all start fourth in their, in their heat race. And if you have a four, if you have a four car, uh, heat race show, you could do like 10, 10, 10, but 
If any, if Mike or anyone else from the Outlaws is listening, I like how you do it. So, what's that? I was just, I was saying, if anyone from the Outlaws is listening, I like how it is. Don't change it. I'm just throwing I mean, my vote, bad. throwing my vote in the ring. It's, 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 it's a good format. It's just I would like to see. Yeah. I understand why they're doing it right now is because if you have the fastest car, you know, you set quick time and you, when you heat race, you already have a different factor into the dash because you could be quick times when you're heat racing, draw eight for the feature. And then you have a hard enough thing already. Right. Yeah. The heat race invert, invert to it. I don't know. I just kind of, I, I just seem like I kind of enjoy the heat races more when they did the four car invert versus do now, but maybe maybe now since times have changed so much since they done it that won't make a difference so is sure. i mean you still have uh say you have a craig kinzer that qualifies 16th and he starts pulling the heat race and uh he goes out there and uh, wins a heat race because because he's on the front row so but i think anyone named kinzer should be in the game man at the end of the night jeez starting out with the name Swindell on the AMA too. So. I didn't say that one. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm just kidding. You no, uh, it's interesting right now. We've been talking lately kind of about dirt late models. I wanted to hear your opinions kind of, I don't, did you listen to our last episode and it's okay if you didn't, you were preparing for a big race. Obviously you won it. So. Yeah. Yeah, I am behind on my podcast, so no. So, um, so um, yeah, we've been talking about like just the late model racing. I'm talking like the bottom of the tube to guess now. Probably won't be won't be invited back now. Probably. <laughs> <laughs> You're still our favorite guest. Am I cutting out to you guys, or is uh, that you two? Yeah, yeah, you're kind of cutting in and out. Oh my god, I just paid thirty dollars more for internet that I didn't need to. Sounds like a highway robbery right there. Uh, CenturyLink is. I fuck CenturyLink at this point. This is stupid. Um, The girl, the girl that's helping me is very helpful with it, but it's still this is shitty. Yeah. But uh, so we've been talking lately. just want my general thoughts on it. Yeah, uh, just of like, just there's so much money to be made. It makes way more sense now. Even, I mean, it probably makes more sense to run an outlaws like a true outlaw schedule in sprint cars if you're running four tens. But late model, it's like overwhelmingly um, overpowering. And Damon wrote a great column last week about like regionalizing it and. Uh, putting other tours up and you Damon you can explain more to that to Eric if you want but uh, it's it's just insane how many people we've seen drop off tours yeah you know it's we we have in the outlaws right now there's only 10 I think actual (laughs) full-time Uh, late model drivers now and so basically my piece was all about you know making one national touring series that goes throughout the country like they do already but then having a bunch of regional races off of it that you still can get points for being uh for being at on a regional stage and a national stage and it's kind of like what they do with the sportsman division at the uh, nhra drag races right now and uh, it seems to work out pretty well 
well, but there's so much money going on with late models that it makes zero sense to run for points in one in particular series, basically. Yeah. I mean, how many cars are full time at Lucas still right now? Yeah, yeah, I couldn't tell you that number right yeah. off the top of my head. Yeah, I listen to the Dirt Tracker podcast just because it's quick and easy, and it's got uh, just gives you kind of a rundown. I think a good example to why drivers are dropping off is the Chris Madden example. I think he's made like over three hundred thousand dollars, or maybe four hundred thousand dollars now, just off of uh, going to big shows and. I don't know. I mean, it's a little bit different now because I think the flow night racing in America has really kind of changed the game a little bit because they're offering midweek shows that pay, you know, 20,000 or 25,000 or 15,000. So, I mean, it's hard to, to follow a series, even, even with like a, um, even like a, uh, one big national series, just because I feel like, you would get so many cars and some guys might not write the rules or like the format or like how they do this and all that. So I think that's why you see the difference between Lucas and outlaws. But yeah, if I'm a outlaw, um, race director or like a Luke Lucas oil race director, I'd be a little bit nervous about the whole true outlaw schedule. Um, just because of, uh, all those big pain midweek races or, uh, weekend races for one series versus another. Cause, uh, the late model guys seem to kind of follow the money versus the outlaw sprint car guys following the points. So yeah, and it's, I, I was gonna say real quick too. You know the the Lucas race this weekend in in Wheatland, it's paying fifty thou to the to the winner on on Saturday night, and they've got two races prior to that that are for six thou. So they're they're paying out at just random random races throughout the year. Yeah, they probably just do that so they keep their drivers racing for three nights a week, but they can't pay out the big money. But, like, mm-hmm. I can't remember what the payouts were for that Illinois Speed Week they had last week, but I feel oh. like that was each night. Each night was, like, a $15,000, $20,000 one show. So, I mean, I feel like it'd be better off to pay around that type of money, and if you can, maybe pay that 50 on that last night or 100 but that takes a lot of money. But I mean, on the sprint car side, I think this will be really hard, difficult to do. Um, just because there's all, it's kind of more spread out West coast, Midwest, East coast is a have that midway midweek racing series. Just, uh, you know, get some more races in the middle of the week. Cause I mean, the outlaw guys don't really race three or four times a week until the summer months. And once Knoxville nationals happens, that's pretty much about it. They're back to racing two days, two weeks, two races in the weekend if they don't get rained out. So to answer your question about how many uh, Lucas oil guys that run full time, yeah. there's only 13 that have ran every uh, feature this year. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like at least once a month, one one driver a month or so does drop off. So, um, or does something different or something like that. So, I mean, it's uh, it's just a little bit different because even even like a local show, they can go pays like ten thousand dollars or something oh, yeah. like that. It's just, it's just uh, that's well, why. He's, like that's this, why he's, this the last weekend in or even yesterday in stewart the the late model race in stewart paid three thousand dollars last night to the winner yeah i don't think that's super late models like, what, 602 
Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the 602s. Yeah. So, I mean, um, you know, even like in your South Carolina or your North Carolina, there's some races that pay some decent money. So, I mean, it's uh, <clears throat> I can definitely see the late models just be more of a follow the money type of thing. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, Brandon Shepard, when he decided to change, you know, from Outlaws to Lucas, I feel like, too, he was uh, – um, I feel like he just wanted something different. He just wants to go see different racetracks race against different drivers just because, uh, I don't know, maybe Lucas gives him more opportunities to do the midweek shows too than the outlaws do. It's like I was telling Connor on, what was it, Wednesday night when the outlaws were racing or something like that. But, you know, Boom Briggs just picked up his first top 10 of the season yeah. on Wednesday, and he and he is currently 10th place in outlaw points. Yeah. Thursday would have been probably. Might have been Thursday. I couldn't yeah. remember what night it was. But, you know, the, the fact of the matter is the guy is 10th place in a national touring series points and hadn't gotten a top 10 until, you know, that point in the season. It's kind of just showing the fact that, you know, the outlaw drivers and the teams aren't as, I don't want to say competitive, but as competitive as some of the others right now yeah yeah i think right now it's definitely lucas being the top one uh, especially now with shepherd over there um yeah for so chris chris and i had the debate uh, a ton over the last year and i always say like uh, outlaws are better because i like the outlaws because they have the sprint car series and also because they're all on dirt vision right so it's easier to watch for people that already watch sprint cars um and fans that like fans that bring up and i'm usually the one bringing it up as like a joke but fans that like seriously bring up that like oh lay model racing is way better screw you guys uh and that like the world 100 is bigger than the knoxville nationals like it annoys the hell out of me um but for so for the past year year and a half two years i'd be like allies are better brandon shepherd kicks all their all those guys asses but now i can't do that so i'm in a tough spot but that's kind of just what the national tour is now and with race xr moving that texas race right damon that was the race they moved yeah so you can run every race xr super series event and every lucas lay model event this year and obviously if you haven't done that already then you're you're screwed already but um if they keep doing that that those are going to be the events that go and you know if you're the outlaws do you do like hey here's our four crown jewel series and there's four big races if you win two of the four you get a bonus if you win three of the four you get a bonus if you win all four it's a million dollars i you know what do you what do you do with that and how do you incentivize people to run your tour over other tours um aside from this bonus program which i thought would help a lot because uh, all the full-time guys there that get a bonus no matter where they finish from first to 12th so if you have 10 full-time guys you're getting the bonus every race but i i don't know kind of uh how much of an impact that makes how much exactly they're making every race but it's got to help a little bit if you're not a guy that's winning all over the place every weekend what is the biggest outlaw late model show of the year uh i don't know i think it's 50 grand 
I don't want to say a hundred thousand without knowing for sure, but I think it's fifty grand. But if you if you're a full time, yeah, if you could look it up, Damon. I had a graphic of it yeah. at some point. Look up uh go on Twitter and search always race day and I'm on dirt on dirt. Money Oh, okay. There you go. That's fine. I'm gonna um, uh, um, cause, uh, the biggest the biggest one is fifty thou they handed out at uh Wisconsin showdown. at Cedar and then they handed out at Fountain City at, at the Dairyland Showdown yeah. as well. And that's the only two times they hand out fifty thousand. Because uh Lucas Oil weight bottles, that's a sanctioned show for the dream in the world, right? Or is that a standalone event? It's it's combination. I think dirt car racing actually is like the sanctioning body, but I'm not positive. It's there's a lot of crossover, if that makes sense to you. Yeah. It's hard to tell who is, who's benefiting more or less. Yeah, because I like to know if the Lucas Oil, if the Lucas Oil late models have that shows on their schedule or not. Yeah, I'm not a hundred percent sure, but if you're, I mean, speaking of the Outlaws, like if you're the highest finishing World of Outlaws driver, and I know like every finale night is ten thousand, and they're trying to make, I think they made every show almost ten thousand. For the sprint cars? For the lay models. Both, uh, actually. Um, I don't know if the sprint cars are all 10,000, because I know there's a time last year where they got the midweek shows got switched to 6,000. I know. It was it was uh, this year type of thing, but if I remember correctly, it was almost every show at least, <laughs> if not every one. Um, I think Damon's looking at it because his eyes are... Yeah, so every, show, every show on the late model side, except for one, the first race at Farmer City was a six thousand to win, but everything else is ten. Ten K. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So and if you're the highest finishing outlaws driver, you get a thousand bucks, I think. Plus tow money. I would assume it's plus tow money. Maybe that's a disguise that they're doing for the tow money thing, but I, I think it's plus tow money, right? You would almost have to be, right? Yeah, I, I don't think it would be a thing they like throw in there as like a this is PR and not this. Yeah, because I mean, if you take it away, it's not really anything good. So, right. Because the guy who finishes eighth is not going to get shit. Right. So at least they're they're working towards something, but you got to find. I don't know. I don't know if you have to think outside the box or you got to just raise a little bit. I have no idea. I thought this bonus structure thing would would catch more when maybe i should do a better job of like talking about that like this guy picked up a big bonus for you know finishing for th- first for the first time i don't know i don't know definitely trying though that's for sure yeah you can't fault anybody it's it's a tough thing i wish everyone could figure out how to work together but you have enough different parties that it's too crazy to even fathom right now yeah it's competitive Damon, you got anything else for Eric? I don't, man. It's uh, always fun as as usual. Yeah, for sure. I appreciate you guys having me on. So always good to talk about racing and all that and and uh seeing what's going on in the world of uh motorsport motorsports. Do you think we'll try and keep Connor away from Knoxville so you can win some more? That's good. So do you think we could uh manufacture a fight between you and Scotty after one of the races? <laughs> Nah, nah. You guys don't actually have to fight, but if you could do like a Steve Kenzer, Sammy Swindell thing and like pretend. 
Well, I don't think anybody, anybody of us is Steve, Steve Kinzer size. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, Eric's turning a, a idea into a, what's a non-conflict, an insult, an insult. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Uh, this has been the Always Race Day podcast presented by Carl Auto Group. Um, again, go buy a Silverado from them. You could probably. What's the uh, Damon? What's the push truck? What's the pack truck uh, fee to drive a Silverado at Knoxville on the truck race weekend? Do you know? Couldn't, couldn't tell you, but it'd be fun. I think it would be. You should go buy one from Carl Auto Group and uh, just run the pack truck in Knoxville for that weekend only. It'd probably take you. It might. I don't have the, don't have it on good authority, but it's out there if you uh, want an idea. So tell them always race day sent you. Appreciate you all listening, and we'll be back Thursday or Friday morning for you. One of the two days. We'll figure it out. Have a good one, y'all.